There was an idea to bring together a group of extraordinary people to talk about superhero movies. It was called Harmless Phosphorescence. Everybody, this is regular-sized fella Throw Smiley. Who's joining me this week? I'm Josh CC, and my outdated information betrays me. I'm Brian Lesh, and I'm going to need an eyeball and a distraction. I'm Alaric Weber, and I am burdened with glorious purpose. And this is Harmless Phosphorescence. It's the podcast where we watch every theatrically released full-length live-action superhero movie ever made. We gather some research into the production and the source material, then we tell you all about it. This show is brought to you by our patrons. Patrons like executive producers Michael Beckwith and Atticus Burkett. You want to be a patron too? Just head on over to patreon.com slash harmlessentertainment. We got lots of patron-only content there. More than you can shake a stick at. Because it doesn't exist in the real world, and you can't shake sticks at uh, things that only <laughs> exist in the cloud. Um, yeah, can we talk about that expression? Do we have to... shake no, a we stick? I mean, I've I've shaken many sticks, but it is it is it has got me little. It, it well, made... it's a unit of measurement, right? More than you can. How many things can you shake a stick at? Well, probably everything if you're able to move and go <laughs> 180. <laughs> Well, and also, it, 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 I don't know how far away you have to be. Like, I can shake a stick right. at the sun. Yeah. And that's or, a big, yeah, that's big. Manhattan Island, if you're far enough away. I can shake a stick at the stars, and there are many of those. There's no limit. There is no limit to what you can shake a stick at. Somebody meet me in a field with some sticks. Um, so thank you for listening to Stick Talk. Uh, we'll see you next week. Um uh, so meanwhile, yes, uh, back on Harmless Phosphorescence. Uh, be a patron, patreon.com slash harmless entertainment. Buck a month is all you need to get started there. This week on Harmless Phosphorescence, we are watching The Avengers. War has started. And we are hopelessly outgunned. Director Fury, I think it's time. You're here with the mission, sir? Trying to get me back in the world? Trying to save it. Doctor, we need you to come in. What if I say no? I'll persuade you. What are you asking me to do? It's called the Avengers Initiative. I thought I didn't qualify. Apparently I'm, what is it, volatile, self-obsessed, and don't play well with others. I think they need to time out. How desperate are you? lost creatures to defend you. You have made me very desperate. We're not a team. We're a time bomb.
is nothing we were ever trained for. Guys, I'm bringing the party to you. The Avengers. Whew. Well, they they it, didn't let her say her line. No. Yeah, which was good. Uh, um, I don't, I don't I see did, how that's a party. It, it's weird to see an Avengers trailer without the Sylvester Avengers theme. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, because the trailer yeah. was cut before the theme was really available. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that they lace that into everything now. Oh yeah, it's been in episodes of Loki and stuff. Yes, it's yeah. everywhere. Um, it's iconic. Um, speaking of iconic, like that the the circle shot of them, I think I think only the end game assemble moment like uh, trumps it as far as like yeah and like that kind of iconography. Ultron had the shot of them all jumping over the log together. Yeah. <laughs> That was Which a, just didn't capture. Well, it wasn't as yeah. It was not yeah. the same. Oh, Ultron, the well, the, the redheaded stepchild of Avengers movies. Oh well, then we'll have a fun conversation. Yeah. No, no, I love, it. I love I Ultron love too. I just <laughs> it's not regarded like the others are. But this shot you're talking about, yeah, the cir- circular shot of all of them. As far as fanboy bait, like I. I got excited. The first time I ever saw it, excited is not even the word. Yeah. It's it's an iconic shot. Girl. Well, that, yeah. That split second of the Hulk. Mm. Yeah. Also, because we hadn't seen mm-hmm. the Hulk look like that ever before. Yeah. I remember right. this trailer. Yeah. Ooh, that was a big one. This was the first uh, MCU movie I took Jude to in the theater. Um, and yeah, he he was very excited afterwards. There was a lot of jumping around and swinging things at things because he, he was about what was five years old, I think. Oh wow! Yeah, that that was my reaction. Yeah, and I was yeah. not five years old. <laughs> um. So yeah, Avengers released May fourth, twenty twelve, with a running time of one hundred and forty three minutes. It cost two hundred and twenty million dollars. And at the box office, it made one billion five hundred and nineteen million dollars. <laughs> oh my God, that shouldn't be allowed to happen. At the wow. time when it came out, it was uh, so it was the uh, second highest grossing film of all time. I'm sorry, third, third highest grossing film of all time after Titanic and Avatar. Um, and in unadjusted, of course, you know, adjusted. Wait, Avatar came out before this? Yeah, uh, three yeah. years prior. Jeez, where am I seeing Made seven times its budget. Yeah. Um, this was a bit of a hit. <laughs> yeah, I would say. <laughs> um, easily the biggest film, the biggest film hit we've done so far. Um, maybe the first well, Superman and the first Batman as far as like its impact. And it and has Dark Knight. Um, okay, Dark Knight was yeah. yeah Dark oh, Knight was Dark up there. Up there. This, this one eclipsed Dark Knight though, as far as its uh, oh, yeah. box office goes. Um, cultural impact. Uh, yeah, uh, Dark Knight was pretty pretty up there still. Um, but um, talking about box office guys, yeah, ready to play the box office top ten game. 
this was number nine, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it didn't make the top ten. Um, well, no, Alex, correct. It's just that the other numbers were also the Avengers. Yeah. <laughs> it was number one, number nine, number six, number eight. Um. So. Um. Yeah. Obviously, this was number one. I don't think there's any point in even guessing that. But um. So uh. But patrons. The box office top 10 game. I'm sorry, not patrons. Our normal listeners. Yeah. People of the world. Yeah, all of those that are listening and watching. Um, So I'm going to count down the top 10 movies of the week of uh, May 4th, 2012. And uh, the uh, guys here are going to try to guess what movie I'm describing when I describe it with the box office mojo description, leaving out any sort of uh, identifying information, which I feel the need to... uh, leave out uh just real quickly opening up against the avengers i'm just going to run down the ones uh that opened up against it without making you guess we have follow me the yoni netanyahu story (laughs) celine and julie go boating Um, (laughs) last call at the oasis the perfect family a beautiful soul First position, which I believe is missionary. Um, <laughs> it's a yoga movie, probably. Yeah, yeah, probably. Um, the best exotic marigold hotel, which, um, which is about British people in India, and oh, the yeah. wacky things they get to. And aren't Indian people funny because they're different than British people? And wasn't our colonialism quaint? Yeah. <laughs> wasn't it funny when we decided to conquer this entire subcontinent and subjugate their people for a century? That was hilarious, wasn't it? Um, Yoni Netanyahu? Yoni Netanyahu, yes. Yoni Netanyahu. Yoni, which is the Hindu word for vagina. I mean, Yoni, oh. it is. Yoni. <laughs> huh. Um, Yahoo. Yeah. So, um, but coming in at number 10 for the week of Well, May- I just love that all those other films, those distribution companies were like, fuck it. <laughs> we're doing it. Is well, there anything else coming out this week? I don't know. No. Well, I mean, there's got you, there's <laughs> counter programming. The best exotic Marigold Hotel was the counter programming. It's for the. It was for old yeah. boomer ladies that didn't want to see the Avengers. That's about of the course. Yeah. But uh yeah. Uh coming in at number 10. Um wow, interesting. Five friends go for a break at a remote cabin where they get more than they bargained for, discovering the truth. Cabin, cabin in, in the woods. woods. Cabin in the woods. Ooh. Joss Whedon had two movies out that week. Yeah, that's a good movie. That's a damn good movie. Um, yeah. Uh, coming in at number nine. Meet adorable young Oscar and his fellow mayhem creating buddies. The world is their playground, full of curiosity, joy, and a love for mimicking others. These are some of the most extraordinary personalities around. Mimicking others? Yes. Identity. Um, Oscar is not human. Is this a Sesame Street? No, no, it's not that Oscar. Um, And uh, it is a documentary. Oh. oh. That. 
It's called Chimpanzee. Oh, (laughs) Joe Rogan's always on about this movie. Is he? Is he? (laughs) He always wants to show the chimpanzee footage. I assume that's what this is from. (laughs) And you said the title like it was a pun? Like, I don't know. They were like chimpanzee. No, that's the word. Chimpan A or chimpanzee. Yeah. Uh, coming in at uh, number eight. When a madman begins committing horrific murders inspired by Edgar Allan Poe, a young Baltimore detective joins forces with. With oh my god, I didn't know it was this was where I was heading. Joins forces yeah. with Edgar Allan Poe to stop him from making his stories a reality. I thought it took place in modern times. No, John Cusack, right? Yeah. Um, the Raven. Yes, I didn't know you were teaming up with Edgar Allan Poe. That's so hilarious. You write a poem about a guy who kills people that turns himself in. <laughs> Problem <laughs> solved. <laughs> Stop the presses. Uh, um, wow. Okay, coming in at number seven. My, or May... A young girl whose memory holds a priceless numerical code finds herself pursued by the triads, a Russian mob, and corrupt New York City cops. Coming to her aid is Jason Statham. That's who's coming to her aid. His movie background isn't important. Is this the transporter? It's got to be a transporter. It's not a transporter, but it's, it's not a it, transporter. It's basic. It's basic. It's basically the <laughs> transporter with a different title. It keeps people in one spot. The driver drive. It, oh, Al's closish in that it is a Freak. single monosyllabic word. Poop. Prank. <laughs> safe. Uh, safe. 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 Oh, safe. Oh, safe is the title. Yeah, safe is the title. Wow. Huh. Do you think that just like. <laughs> Mid-production on set, they asked Jason Statham to name it. <laughs> like he's George Lucas. Will you name this thing? Why don't you go ahead and name it, Jason? Mm, safe. That's like apparently. Um, mm, safe. Apparently, apparently, Vin Diesel and The Rock um, both have story input into the Fast and Furious franchise at this point. I hope so. Obviously, and, I guess. And them going into space and like fighting. Um, giant snow tanks like just makes so much more sense when I know Vin Diesel had something to do with the story. <laughs> yeah. Vin Diesel loves elephants. I don't know if you guys knew that. Huh. I know he plays D&D or did. He he posts if you ever look at his Instagram or Facebook, he posts lots of pictures of himself photoshopped next to elephants. He has the money to be oh, like in with, a room with an elephant. Yeah, but he keeps photoshopping <laughs> it. <laughs> in a room. <laughs> in a room. Like aunt or grandmother. That's, that's uh, such a weird thing. Yeah. I have to go look that up. Yeah, it's hilarious. Um, uh, coming in. Like, Vin, can we talk about this elephant in the room? No, I paid a lot of money for it. Uh, um, coming in at number six. Um, a captain sets out on a mission to defeat his rivals, Black Bellamy and Cutlass Liz, for the Pirate of the Year award. 
<laughs> the quest takes Captain and his crew from the shores of Blood Island to the foggy streets of Victorian London. Oh, this is one of those aardvark film ones, yep. right? Yeah. It's, the pirates it, who don't do shit, don't do nothing. Yeah, it's called don't. it's called The Pirates, Band of Misfits. Oh. I thought they were called, like, very... Oh, bad pirates. I mean, pirates don't do they, they might be called that, but that's not in the title <laughs> <laughs> of the films. The pirates are just all right. Yeah. <laughs> not my kind of pirate. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Blackbeard's all right. Long John Silver's all right. They're just a little weird. Um, num- <laughs> coming in at number five. One year. After meeting Tom, oh, one year after meeting, comma, Tom proposes to his girlfriend Violet, but unexpected events keep <laughs> tripping them up as they look to walk down the aisle together. The five-year engagement. Yeah, good oh. one, Josh. It's wow. a, it's a it's a mildly funny movie. You get five. You get a five-year point. I get a sweater knitted by Chris Parnell. And that in five years from now, I'll give you a point. Um, Sounds good. uh, Number four. A Marine travels to Louisiana. (laughs) End of case. (laughs) After serving three tours in Iraq and searches for the unknown woman he believes was his good luck charm during the war. Um, yeah, that's the story. Who's the star of this film? I'm looking and it looks like a more handsome Hope. Giovanni Ribisi, but that can't possibly be right. The star was Hope. Um, uh, propaganda. Yeah, it was definitely, I guarantee there's a lot of like sunsets and American flags in this movie. Flag code, Louisiana. <laughs> <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's Zac Efron. Oh. Zac Efron and Taylor Schilling. No idea. It's the lucky one. Yeah. Uh, Coming in at... Wow, I didn't know this was out at the same time. All right, coming in at number three. A girl voluntarily takes her younger sister's place in a televised competition in which two teenagers um, from each area in which they live are chosen at random to fight to the death. Hunger Games. Hunger Games. I did not remember this was out at the same time as the Avengers. The first one? The first, the first one, one, yeah. Hunger. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I wonder how much this sliced off of uh, Hunger Games. Yeah, I'm sure a bunch. Um, Hunger Games did all right. I mean, it ended up doing almost 400 million, but that's not Avengers money. Uh, coming in at number two, four friends conspire to turn the tables on their women when they discover the ladies have been using Steve Harvey's relationship advice against them. (laughs) (laughs) I hope I've never seen this, but I hope in universe it's Steve Harvey and Steve Harvey isn't playing a character in the movie. No, it's a, it's a documentary family feud. Yeah. No. The movie. Uh, let's see. Oh, we definitely got Mike Epps in there somewhere. I don't know who else. Don't uh, listen to me. Oh, Kevin Hart. That's definitely Kevin Hart. Um, 
think like a man. Is that Chadwick oh. Boseman? <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's called Think Like a Man. Um, and of course, at number one, Earth's mightiest heroes must come together and learn to fight as a team if they're going to stop the, the mischievous Loki and his alien army from enslaving <laughs> humanity. It's so mischievous when you enslave humanity. It is. A rascal. <laughs> and that is our box office top 10, which brings us to our comic book and character background. Mr. Alaric Weber, it is time for you to assemble your thoughts and tell us about them. Have we seen any of these characters before? Hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, except at Chitari Khan. <laughs> 2010. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Thor, Hulk, uh, Captain America, Iron Man have all been in recent movies that we have watched and reviewed. And Black Widow. J- and Black Widow was in Iron Man 2. That's right. And, uh, yeah, Nick Fury was there in several of those briefly. Um, but we haven't talked about him. A quick reminder. Uh, the Avengers team made its debut in The Avengers Number One, September 1963. Um, uh, I, yeah. I'm sorry. Do you, I, I, I heard an anecdote about the first Avengers. I don't know if that was something you were going to cover or not, Al. So I want. Oh no, go ahead, please. Um, so apparently, The Avengers Number One and The Avengers in general exist um, because of alcoholism and. Um, and, and, uh, not Stanley, not wanting to lose a deposit. Um, so basically <laughs> in the early sixties, you had to, uh, put a deposit down to rent out, uh, printing presses well ahead of time. So whether you had something to print or not, you, you, you paid for it and you weren't getting that deposit back. Yeah. Dare- it's like the Marvel story. story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, daredevil number one. Was supposed to come out the week. Uh, what when? What was the date on it, Al? The Avengers. Uh, September nineteen sixty-three. It was supposed to come out in September nineteen sixty-three. However, the I can't remember the name of the artist writer um, was very far behind on Daredevil due to uh, his well drinking himself under the table daily. <laughs> um, so uh, while Stan and Jack uh, performed an intervention, they realized that they had to slap together something real fast or they were going to lose their deposit on the printing press. <laughs> and what So this is how that Chris Farley movie Black Sheep got made? Is that what you're basically, yes. <laughs> so they slapped. They were like, hey, put these guys together and let's print it. And so they put together Avengers number one in the space of a few weeks in order not to lose their uh, deposit on the printing press. It's awesome. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Um, this is me just now pulling in memories. Uh, I've, I've never written. I've never written. <laughs> I've never read uh, <laughs> Avengers number one. I'm ashamed to say. Um, but over the course of all the research over the past two years, whatever. Um, Loki was involved in the first Avengers story. Um, and he like he created a, a fake Hulk to trick Thor down from Asgard and all that. <laughs> so, fake Hulk. Lo- so, so Loki was there 
and and fought Hulk and all that stuff, and it was great. Apparently, yeah, apparently <laughs> a fake Hulk. It was just like a, like a green bucket on a stick that he's waving behind <laughs> right. a fence. Um, and then they found Captain America in the Avengers number four was when they uh, discovered him. Who who were the Avengers in the first issue? Um, so we got the the Hulk, uh, Thor, um, Iron Man, uh, Ant Man, and the Wasp. Okay, yep. I think that's all of them. Okay. Hawkeye. That sounds right. Uh, nope. Uh, Hawkeye, Hawkeye came later. Uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. Oh. What you got there, Josh? I have Avengers number one. Oh, dope. Uh, we read it for the audience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the portion where Josh just reads Avengers number one. But even the uh, location, it starts with Loki um, thinking to himself, but he's up in this mountaintop region where we see him when the Avengers meet up to kick ass. Uh, Al was right, Ant-Man and the Wasp, but no other two. Um, Yep. I guess little by little, Loki speaks to each of these people (laughs) with with his (laughs) mischiefy powers. Yeah, a lot of it is. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of it in there, except for that the Hulk was a clown at the traveling circus <laughs> when they found him. Everybody loves That's a clown. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't you, New York? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Proceed. All right. Pardon me. Thank no. Show thank you. Me. That was great. Show awesome. Me. Um. So Nick Fury. Uh, we've seen him a few times, but. This is his big breakout role, I suppose. Um, uh, though he, okay, Iron Man two, he was he was in that quite a bit. Um, but mm. Nick Fury as a character first appeared in Sergeant Fury and his Howling Commandos number one, May of nineteen sixty three. Uh, he was a white guy with an eye patch. <laughs> yes, he was. He was created by Stanley and Jack Kirby. Uh, Fury was the cigar-chomping leader of an elite U.S. Army unit in World War II. The character reemerged in August 1965 in Strange Tales number 135, now a colonel and Cold War spy, and leading agent and leading agent of the covert organization Shield, which at that time stood for Supreme Headquarters International Espionage Law Enforcement Division. Oh my god, that is <laughs> which those words what mean is it nothing now? together. It's strategic Homeland Enforcement or Strategic Homeland Intelligence Enforcement Logistics Division. Intelligence I think so. Yeah. Which isn't much better. But it, yeah. at least those words string together means you can something something. It's like when Creed is trying to make uh, acronyms. <laughs> Bimbo Bop. Bimbo Bop. What's the first beast? <laughs> so, uh, Strange Tales number 135. Uh, this issue contained the first concepts of the helicarrier, life model decoys, and automobile airbags. Ooh. That's awesome. Air- uh, airbags okay. were created in the avengers basically strange tales yes yeah Uh, weird uh but yeah marvel came up with airbags apparently (laughs) and then stanley copyrighted bags of air (laughs) you know if he had done that 
He might not have had to lease off all of his shit. Yeah. <laughs> they wouldn't have declared bankruptcy <laughs> in the 90s. Uh, Fury's aging is slowed by use of the infinity formula. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> what is the infinity so, formula, Al? That, yes. Josh nailed it. Uh, it's a formula that slows aging. <laughs> Thanks. I was hoping it was like Pythagoras. <laughs> and they, uh, they yeah. fixed that in the early 2000s by making him look like uh, Sam Jackson. Um, do, 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 let's see. Okay. Uh, Fury, Nick Fury was portrayed by David Hasselhoff in the 1998 TV movie, Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., written by David Goyer. Thank you. I was going to hit that point exactly. Thank you, Al. <laughs> we have to watch that. That has to go on the list. <laughs> totally. It was supposed to be a backdoor yeah. pilot leading to an, a, yeah. uh, an Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. series. <laughs> I heard the Hasselhoff was a backdoor pilot. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> There were some backdoor pilots that used to visit my mom when I was a kid, but <laughs> when the planes came in. Um, <laughs> in August of 2001, Nick Fury was reintroduced in the Ultimate Marvel Universe, now designed to resemble actor Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. So they retconned a human being. Nick Fury, Sam Jackson as Nick Fury is like the craziest chicken and the egg thing ever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was aware of his depiction before he got this casting. I, I watched some of the background stuff on the movie, and there uh, there's a funny clip from him, or uh, just saying, "Once I saw it in the comics, I realized the role was mine. I just had to wait for them to greenlight this film." So in like the early yeah. 2000s, he was waiting for them to ask him. Mm. Right. Uh, so as I mentioned, that was uh, Ultimate Marvel. Uh, so this was an alternate universe from the uh, the previous Nick Fury, but uh, I, he's the one that stuck around for for us. Yeah. Um, it is later revealed that this Nick Fury was an unwilling test subject in the Super Soldier program. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> Let me just ran up behind him. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Super Sam. <laughs> You've been serumed. <laughs> By Ashton Kutcher, yes. <laughs> Shepherd, <laughs> okay. It's spelled S E R U M apostrophe D. Serum. <laughs> I don't have a ton on Maria Hill, but this was her introduction <laughs> to the uh, the universe here. Uh, Maria Hill first appeared in the New Avengers number four, March of two thousand five. Created by Brian Michael Bendis and David Finch. She is a commander by rank and a general badass. General badass? Rank, though. Yeah. General badass. Um, she has, she's been the on-again, off-again director of S.H.I.E.L.D. And uh, she was born in Chicago. She was born in Chicago. She ran Stark Industries for a while, too, in the comics. Oh yeah, um, I think she, in unlimited or in uh, what's the the ultimate ultimate? Sorry. Yeah. Uh, well, um, and there was a period where where Tony Stark was director of Shield too. Yes. Correct. At that yeah. time, she was um, like assistant director. Assistant deputy to de- the director. I'm sorry. Deputy director. Mm. <laughs> but she had her resume on Monster. So who knows? <laughs> 
Uh, moving on to Clint Burton, aka Hawkeye. He we um, oh, we first saw him in Hulk, right? Or not? We Hulk, did, Thor? but uh, Thor. Uh, Thor. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we didn't really talk about him because he oh, was he was remember. there for like two minutes. Oh God, yeah. not even <laughs> two minutes, to, but yeah, yeah. I wasn't going to try to take the floor and filibuster through Hawkeye's part. Sorry, proceed. Uh, Hawkeye first appeared as a villain in Tales of Suspense, number 57, September of 1964, created oh. by Stan Lee and Don Heck. Uh, it was, he wasn't a villain for long. He later joined the Avengers in number 16, the Avengers number 16, May of 1965. Uh, he and his brother Barney, they were orphaned to a car accident at a young age. And they ran away to join the Carson Carnival of Traveling Wonders. Ooh. Uh, where Clint became a master archer under the tutelage of the Swordsman and Trickshot. Two different people. Uh, inspired by Iron Man to become a costumed hero, he is mistaken for a criminal on his first outing. On the run, he meets Soviet spy Black Widow, with whom he falls in love aiding in her attempts to steal Tony Stark's technology. Uh, she almost dies in a fight with Iron Man, uh, but he saves her. Then she disappears, and he decides to go straight, joins the Avengers after saving Edwin Jarvis and his mom from a mugger. Huh. Uh, Clint Barton spent a short time using Hank Pym's former mantle as Goliath, then he left the Avengers after a rift with the vision over the affections of the Scarlet Witch. Uh, a question about the Goliath thing. Has anybody read any of that run? Did he use a bow and arrow as Goliath? Because that would be terrifying. <laughs> a giant <laughs> like, V2-sized arrows yeah. at people. No, I don't think he did. Uh, that would be crazy. I've Oof. seen some shots of that run. Uh, never saw him with yeah, the bow and arrow. Um, Barton went on to meet and marry former S.H.I.E.L.D. agent Barbara Bobby Morse, a.k.a. Mockingbird. I thought you were going to say Barbara Bush. <laughs> <laughs> and the two would form the West Coast Avengers in Los Angeles. Yeah, I remember West Coast Avengers. And let's see, a bunch of stuff happened after that. that <laughs> As I didn't write down. All right. Um, That's he, fine. He has wed and bed just about every female Avenger to walk through the doors of Avengers uh, Mansion. Yeah. Um, uh, Spider Woman. Yeah. Who else? I mean, Black Widow. Uh, God, there's there's a couple of comics that I've read where it's all the women talking about Clint. I'm like, dude, yeah. stop. The raw Meet a energy person of a bow and arrow. <laughs> yeah, it's tight. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hawkeye was ranked number 44 on IGN's top 100 comic book heroes list. Hmm. Hmm. Kind of high for, for Hawkeye. But. Yeah, I, I feel like that's a little high. Yeah. He's kind of yeah. like Batman in the sense that he knows how to take down more powerful people than himself using only his wiles and preparation, I guess. Yeah. So in that sense, he's impressive. The The problem yeah. is, is that Jeremy Renner perhaps is unaware of what wiles are. It's true. He's just frustrated <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Yeah. He has a, a, yeah, a flat, aff <laughs> flat affect, not affleck. 
<laughs> Matt Damon as a flat Affleck. Yeah, exactly. That's what that's called. In his closet, just <laughs> plates him for Hollywood events. <laughs> He's like, let's go. <laughs> Fake Affleck. <laughs> We're going out to the bar. <laughs> How do you like them apples? <laughs> Matt Damon going to a bar with an inflatable Ben Affleck. <laughs> If only I wouldn't put it past him. Oh my God. That'd be, that's beautiful. All right. Anyways, Al, please continue. Oh, uh, that's a, uh, that's, that's all I got. Back uh, to you, Thoreau. All right. Thank you, Al, for our comic and character background. You didn't mention any of Hawkeye's time in the Korean war. Oh yeah. The, the mobile army surgical. <laughs> <hospital>. <laughs> um, I did say a bunch of stuff happened. <laughs> you sure did. Your partner right. did. Yeah. Touche. <laughs> Clever storyteller. Uh, okay, so that brings us to uh, the production of the film itself. Um, so this one went back not not too far. I don't think anyone realistically thought an Avengers movie was a viable property, at least until the mid-2000s. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of trying to get it made prior to that. Um, no. Because we tend to forget now, but the Avengers was kind of a third-tier yeah. uh, superhero team-up prior to the MCU. Um, well after Justice League, uh, Fantastic Four, X-Men, um, those were all superhero teams that were much more prestigious um, at the time. I mean, most of these characters were not household names. No, the reason they started the MCU is because it was the only superheroes they could get back after selling yeah. them all off. Uh, Feige mentioned um, he doesn't believe in tears. Um, <laughs> such a cruel boss. <laughs> he never cries. <laughs> no crying in movies. Um, but yeah, yeah, he doesn't believe in the tiered system that people describe, you know, and the oh, C-listers. Uh, which is interesting because he probably had the most faith in this being a probable thing to happen. So I don't think Stan Lee ever would have thought that this movie would exist. No. This shit's crazy. This is like talking tree and talking raccoon levels of crazy. I was just going to say that. And then there's that. Yeah. Nobody could have predicted that. Even the contemporary, not just Stan Lee, Jim Starlin and all those later editors. Like in, well, I, and like in 2005, this is an impossible concept for a movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, the Hulk and a Viking god and a metal guy and some spies. Yeah, what? that's crazy. Why? And Captain that sounds America. stupid. Captain America was yeah, easily America. the biggest name here, and even he was kind of like, well, you know, he's like he's a joke. Yeah, he's a TV movie character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. No. Watching yeah. this, audiences had not embraced the superhero team movie yet. If <laughs> it hadn't been done right, if this movie had not, um fired on all cylinders like it did if it had like it, it's kind of a little miracle this movie yes. in every possible way yeah, yeah. It, it made a lot of things happen yeah um so all right um they uh in 2003 is when it first started being a thing that they were talking about when um they took out that big uh loan from Merrill Lynch when Marvel Marvel uh took out that big loan um, I can't, I forget that Paramount was still distributing these movies at the time. Yeah, it was weird to see the Paramount title card. It really was. Um, so uh, they they discussed their plans for the Avengers 
um, with a brief presentation to uh, Wall Street when they were trying to get funding for all of these. Um, this this movie and this moment was really their make or break moment. Um, if this movie yeah. hadn't hit, it kind of would have been all over for Marvel. Yeah. Um, but uh, so originally, uh, this was uh, the first screenplay was done by Zach Penn, who uh, uh, we who who retained a story by credit on here. Um, but uh, let's see, he he wrote X two, he wrote The Incredible Hulk, um, X Men Last Stand. But uh, by all accounts, very little, if anything, remains of uh, his actual screenplay in the version, which was rewritten top to bottom by Joss Whedon, who was also brought on as writer-director. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so um, Zach Penn, in fact, said, we could have collaborated more, but that was not his choice. He wanted to do it his way. And I respect that. I mean, at least it's not like the Incredible Hulk where I got replaced by the lead actor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you said, it was do or die. It, it absolutely was. This script had Whedon all over it. It was very, yeah. very Whedon-y. It's the um, best thing that he's probably ever done. There's a few episodes of Buffy, I would argue, just on a basic artistic level, but well, it's easily... Cinematically, yes. Yeah, but it's yeah. easily the biggest playground he ever played in, and it's the biggest thing he ever made that worked on every level. Some of the stuff, you can see how it came from storyboarding mm-hmm. straight to the film, and it's just like incredible. There's a moment where somebody says, like, you should have left him in the ocean, or, yeah, Cap says that, and then you go directly to Iron Man in the ocean, and I was just like... This is crazy, man. This is crazy directorial vision. It yeah. from character to character in the very beginning. It's amazing. It's crazy. Yeah. The the way this like I I've listened to several podcasts um about this um in preparation for this and as well as like, you know, researching and um there's some story breakdown podcasts I listen to that like go into it beat by beat and this this screenplay is a wonder. <laughs> Like it is amazing what he did. He is playing. Yeah. He's playing three dimensional chess um, to most other screenwriters checkers. Well, you said it yourself. The cylinders firing. Yeah, you know that, that was him. <laughs> he was the lubrication. Uh, he uh, he said. Um, let's see. He said. Uh, it seemed that the superheroes and the Avengers didn't belong in the same movie, but once he realized that was the main conflict of the film, it started coming together. Um, he said, quote, wait a minute, that's the movie. It's the Dirty Dozen. Um, yeah. 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 That works. Yeah. Um, there, was a, th- there were a bunch of versions written that he wrote. Uh, they didn't know if they were going to be able to have Scarlett Johansson, so there was a time when the Wasp was going to be in it. Um, there was a point where Ezekiel Stain, Obadiah Stain's son, was in it. Um, no, no. So, uh, yeah, it uh, it went through some changes. Um, let's see. So, uh, yeah, written and directed by Joss Whedon, of course, starring a lot of our cast. We've talked about them before. Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark. Chris Evans as Chris, uh, Steve Rogers. Mark Ruffalo coming in to play uh, the Hulk. Um, I think coming to play Banner. Like the effects of the Hulk got better 
<clears throat> but I think they wanted a new banner. Yeah, I think it, to, it very to play against Robert Downey Jr. Um. Well, and Marvel specifically. So okay, apparently Ed Norton. Uh was yeah. still insisting on having some sort of uh of of uh script control over the Hulk's appearance and that's <laughs> what really really made them uh made the negotiations break down. Um I'll bet. that's what made them say like no, like that's just impossible. There's no possible way you're going to have any sort of script writing input into the Avengers. Um and so he basically uh, walked away. Apparently, it cost uh, Ruffalo, Mark uh, Ruffalo, and Edward Norton were friends, and he says it cost them their friendship for a few years. Wow! <laughs> yeah. Wow. Piece of work. Yeah. Um, that said, I like Mark Ruffalo's Bruce Banner so much more than Ed Norton's. Oh Same yeah. Here. His timing is so good. He feels like a real human being, also. Yeah. 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 Whereas Ed he Norton also feels. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Josh. Yeah, so it feels a little bit like Bill Bixby as well. Yeah, there's a little bit of that. Um, yeah, I, I think he meshes better with the rest of the cast. I feel like Ed, Edward Norton like <laughs> is a little self-serious for everybody. So he, he drove straight over to Terrence Howard's house. <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck you, MCU. Uh, um, yeah, so but uh, Mark Ruffalo who we have not spoken about before on this podcast. Um, let's see. He got his start in the late nineties. Um, just kind of taking supporting roles. He was in some, this is our youth. You can count on me. Um, his big breakout role was 13 going on 30 <laughs> starring Jessica Beale. I think, <laughs> is that right? I think that's right. Yeah. I don't know. I saw it in the theater. <laughs> So that that is that I'm yeah I'm I'm confessing that here for all the world to hear. Um, I saw it in the grocery store. <laughs> At least theaters in appropriate places. Here. Yeah. Uh, Was it Jessica Biel or uh, Jennifer uh, Garner? Jennifer, yes, that's Jennifer Garner. One of those J named one of those J named women from the mid two thousands that all look the same to me. Yes, the Auburn hair. Yeah. yeah. The tan ladies, the, 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 yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, Zodiac in which he was in that with, uh, with, uh, RDJ. Yeah, that was yeah. great. Shutter Island. Um, oh, he was nominated for a Tony for the revival of Awaken Sing in 2006. Good for him. Um, let's see. Oh, he got an Academy Award nomination for uh, best supporting actor for the kids are all right in 2010. Wow. Yeah. Um, spotlight. Also. Oh, yeah, that's right. Spotlight. Oh, right. Spotlight. It's incredible in Spotlight. Oh, man. So, yeah, Ruffalo. Um, no, he's incredible in this. He's very credible <laughs> in Spotlight. spotlight. <laughs> uh, um, Chris Hemsworth is back as Thor. Scarlett Johansson is back as uh, Black Widow. Chris Hemsworth's eyebrows are back. Yes. Yes, they are. His eyebrows are back instead of that bleached pen eyebrow thing. Each film, his look gets progressively less bad, I feel like. Well, he also gains like 35 pounds of just muscle, too. 
and then go. Yeah. Yeah. He's so much bigger in this movie than he was in Thor. Oh my God. Yeah. There's no stopping him. He just keeps going. He, he cannot stop at this point. He just has to get more and more swole. Uh, Eventually his mass will envelop the earth itself. (laughs) He just has to absorb Hugh Jackman. And then, uh, yeah. Every day is Thor day. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye. Did we talk about him? much in in uh thor or did we kind of skip no. over him a bit i can't remember um jeremy renner do it now skip over him i mean <laughs> um i just wanted to mention the jeremy renner app he had an app it was called yes it was called jeremy renner it was basically instagram except only jeremy renner could post and you could view <laughs> I'm watching Josh's face. I love it. And you could view Jeremy Renner's posts and you could you could comment on the pictures Jeremy Renner posted. And if you paid for premium <laughs> services, he would respond to your comments. You had to pay for his responses? You had to be a That's premium member to get a response. Kind of, kind of brilliant. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how on a lot of different levels. There's so much to unpack. Yeah, yes. I wonder how many like white women in Boston were like, "I am paying twelve dollars a month for this." <laughs> right. <laughs> um. Yeah. Let's see. Um. This is what Jeremy Renner said about his app. It was called Jeremy Renner or the Jeremy Renner app. Um. <laughs> I'm always looking for new ways to connect directly with my fans all over the world in our own shared environment. <laughs> The the uh, the New York Times article says striking a decidedly human tone. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh God. Yeah. So um, that existed. Yeah. Does How it, well does it, it still exist? No, no. It, I... it shut down in 2019. Oh, sad. In 2019, it existed for <laughs> for three years. <laughs> you can download the Jeremy Renner app. Three glorious years. Um, and that's really all I know about Jeremy Renner. Um, <laughs> he was in Departed. All I care. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He was yeah. in that meat yeah. locker. Hurt locker. <laughs> the, the, meat, the meat locker. <laughs> or, oh, am I thinking of not Departed? What's the one with the nuns? Where they rob uh, the baseball stadium. Nuns on oh, the run? The town? The town. Oh, okay. Another Boston townie movie. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, We got Tom Hiddleston back as Loki. Clark Gregg back as Phil Coulson. Kobe Smolders as Maria Hill, best known as Robin Sparkles from How I Met Your Mother. Um, Her last name was Sparkles in that show? uh, Robin Scherbatsky, but she played a Canadian teen idol whose stage name was Robin Sparkles. Let's go to the mall. Sandcastles. Yeah, Sandcastles Made of Sand was another one of her big hits. <laughs> I've never Pretty seen straight it. Straightforward. How How I Met Your Mother it's has some good man. bits in it. It's not It's not always a great show, but it has a, a few good bits. Um, but uh, she was going to play Wonder Woman when Joss Whedon was making his Wonder Woman uh, feature. This was around. Yeah. This was this was a few years before this. That was mid two thousands. That would have worked, all right. I could see it. It would have been very different than the Wonder Woman we ended up getting. Um, oh yeah. So uh, yeah, 
Um, and that is most of our uh, big cast there. Um, Sam Jackson, of course, back as Nick Fury. Gwyneth Paltrow back as Pepper Potts. Uh, the ghost of uh, of Jane Foster showing up on a computer screen. Natalie Portman. Um, Alexis Denisoff. Uh, did the voice for the other? It was best known yeah, as Wesley crazy. Wesley Wyndham Price from Buffy, um, and uh, Damian Poitier apparently played Thanos in this. I guess he did the motion capture because I don't think Fan- Thanos actually said anything. No, no, grand. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, that is our cast. Um, this movie, of course, has. It has 250,000 reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. So I did not get through wow. many in comparison to what how many exist. Um, but just a few. Uh, Got any negative reviews? That's oh, yeah. What I'm here for. I, I, on, I, only picked, I only picked one-star reviews to read. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, let's see. Well, and one two-star. Okay, so can Marvel make anything original? Marvel can't even come up with their own name. Stop writing DC's dick and make your own characters. Utter garbage. Captain America's Wonder Woman. Spider-Man is Superman. Iron Man is Batman. Hawkeye and Black Widow are Green Arrow and Black Canary, etc. One star. Huh. Yeah. That doesn't seem like that has anything to do with this movie at all. Not even a little bit. Spider-Man? And I, I believe if you went back, his time, his chronology would be all off as far as the creation of characters. Well, yeah. yeah. Yes, he, he, you're right. Those are the Pepsi and Coke versions of those. I, but this dude feels like it came out of this movie. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> the thing I hate about this movie is that Captain America's suit sucks. Five it stars. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, and Jeff B writes, I don't like how almost all the characters just argued into the last third and then suddenly get along. It also, <laughs> it also bored me through most of it and the costumes weren't the best two stars. No, they weren't, but that's funny that he's just pointing out the storytelling manipulated. Him. Right. Yeah. Wait a minute. There's a story where there's conflict until the end when the conflict is resolved. How dare you? <laughs> Everyone comes together. They should have been punching together for three hours. (laughs) We've always been in on this together from the start. (laughs) No questions asked. That's the twist. We've been friends all along. (laughs) We didn't make any friends along the way. We started out as friends and we ended as friends. (laughs) We're going to go forward as friends. Friends forever. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No drama. Hashtag no <laughs> So that's all I got, guys. Are you ready to jump into Marvel's The Avengers? I got a quick note. Uh, oh, okay. I just uh, read through some of the trivia uh, on IMDb. And one note says that there were very few times that everyone was in town at once. But on one <laughs> night when they were, Chris Evans sent them all a text message reading, Assemble, the tagline to the movie, prompting a night out on the town. Wow. Clark Gregg has stated, Clark Gregg has stated that this is his favorite text message that he has ever received. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. He's such a nerd. That's great. He is. I love yeah. him so much. Well, 
Uh, and in that same vein, they all have matching tattoos. They all have Did the they, oh. the Avengers all individually have symbols and somebody drew, I think it might've been Renner. I don't know, but they drew like a amalgamation of all their symbols and they all have a matching tattoo wow, from they, their experience. Well, they fellowship they, of together. the ringed it. Yeah. Yeah, nice. exactly. So kind of neat, you know? Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Putting your stamp on history, which this movie did a yeah. lot. It did. Yeah. Absolutely. Think um, about how much bigger a stamp it would have been if there had been no conflict. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> they were just friends. Hanging out. <laughs> like, hey, do you want to go get some nachos? I feel more like pizza. Why not both so we're all winners? Okay. <laughs> I know a great nacho pizza place. Uh, all just, it starts with them and a sleepover. <laughs> it goes from there. Be like Black Widow fell asleep. Should we freeze her bra? No, man, that's disrespectful. You're right. <laughs> Keep painting my nails. We accidentally made a prank call to Shield, and now something's happening. <laughs> uh, so, all right, guys, you ready to jump into the movie? Uh, I'm going to play Galaga. <laughs> <laughs> you thought no one would notice, but we did. We did. Here it is. This is the Avengers. In space. You know, the place no one can hear you scream. Uh, the other, along with an unseen throne sitter, gives Loki a scepter with a glowing blue gem. <laughs> I'm sorry, you're describing a rest area bathroom? <laughs> sorry. You said unknown throne sitter? Wait, unseen no. throne sitter. <laughs> oh, unseen. No, unfortunately, that's the part. He's got the door of the stall closed. That's right. <laughs> Just enough. <laughs> they give Loki a scepter with the glowing blue gem as a <laughs> as a present. Apartments <laughs> for present. Yeah. Uh, he can use it yeah. to invade Earth. Uh, take the Tesseract and use a Chitari army to conquer the planet. Did you guys ever see the uh, Endgame uh, deleted scene where Rocket Raccoon is uh, making fun of them? Oh, the Chitari? Yeah. But yeah. he's like, wait, how long did you fight these guys? Black Widow's like, I don't know, two or three hours? He's like, what? Two or three hours? The Chitari are the suckiest army in the universe. You just take out the, <laughs> the mothership. And uh, Steve is like, well, we didn't know that at the time. And he's like, you didn't know that. Everybody knows that. <laughs> so did, did they exist? In, in Were they just for the movie, Chitari? I Do don't think they're in the comics. comics. Yeah, I think they're uh, okay. a fiction. Al, we'll All find right. out as we proceed. Um, so w- while we're in this scene, uh, on the, the apron of this movie, uh, Than- the Thanos gamble here, he is sacrificing a stone, hereby no stones, to get two stones. He's trying to get his one that he gave Loki and the Tesseract. Yeah, That's a big gamble. This is yeah, one of is. six, right? However, six however, that is a retcon because it seems at the time the scepter was not an infinity stone. Yeah. Correct. But it's interesting in the, the long arcing storyline that he sacrificed one to get another. Yes. Which is, is a very a- Thanos thing to do in the comics. And then to lose both of them is a very Thanos thing to do also. Mm. Like, shit. Well... And some of first, but some of Loki's first lines have a very Thanos vibe to them. 
You know what I mean? He's not calling for straight up equality, you know, balancing the universe, but yeah, it had overtones of that making these huge cosmic decisions because you know better. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, so the, uh, the Chitauri, uh, were in the comics. Um, their, their race first appeared in ultimates number eight, November of 2002. Really? Okay. Chitauri, she said. <laughs> da, 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 Chitauri. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, um, they uh, they attempted to conquer the Earth in World War II, and again in the early 21st century. <laughs> ah. During World War II, they show up and they're like, "Oh, ho, ho! All right, welcome back. <laughs> yeah, you guys look busy. <laughs> you guys do your thing. You're already trashing the party, so." Uh, it takes the air out of our thing. Uh, we cut to Earth. Nick Fury arrives at a S.H.I.E.L.D. facility where the Tesseract is starting to act up. Dr. Selvig right, doesn't I'll know just why. This. I'll just say this. Not, does, not only does Fury just enter the movie, but I felt like he entered the Marvel Universe. Do you know what I mean? Like he, he kicked it up. He gets off that helicopter, walks in. I don't know. He entered the Marvel Universe, not just that scene. He did? This the, Every single thing about this movie is like a step up from the previous MCU films. It comes together and creates what what the MCU was in like, like out of whole yeah. cloth, basically. Whole cloth, yeah. But it was just powerhouse. Yeah, absolutely. Punched uh, his way into the MCU. Um. So Dr. Selvig tries poking it with a stick. That doesn't do anything. <laughs> Hawkeye also doesn't know how to do anything with it, so he's no good either. Uh, good thing he's there. Uh, the Tesseract blows out a fount of blue energy, and Loki arrives. He uses the scepter to take control of Selvig, Hawkeye, some other rando shield agent. Um, they steal the Tesseract make their escape despite Agents Coulson, Maria Hill, and Nick Fury trying to stop them. So this will be for unanswered questions, but uh, how did they open from the other side? Also, why didn't they just do that, you know? At any other time? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thanos could have just walked through that shit. Yeah. So if Thanos just wants the Tesseract, why didn't he just open it up, hop through, grab the Tesseract, and hop back through? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why does he even need Loki to take over the Earth? Well, I think that the Tesseract was not established as the space stone at this point either. No. It was the cosmic cube by another name. Yeah. They're still, yeah. 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 It's still, de- yeah, exactly. It's just a MacGuffin. Um, yeah. Uh, there was a lot. It's funny the things that clearly weren't established. Um Looking back from, you know, nine years later. Yeah. Um, so, all right. We well, get it. That's why it's so heavily retconned. It had to be because they didn't know. Oh, yeah. You know, we, no, absolutely. Like you said earlier, it was such a gamble, but pretty well done, the retcon shit. For, yeah. Well, they for, left it there un- are questions. There are undefined questions. enough to where they can move forward and we can rewatch this and go like, huh. Huh. That's weird, but it doesn't break the universe. No, it doesn't. Right. None of it breaks yeah. the universe. It, it's all... Yeah. The rec- none of the retcons, um, yeah, make things they all work at least. Yeah, even if it's a little well, strange, it works. There's one line in this movie where I'm like, ah, that's not how that works. But all of these things that we they talk about later on, how the stones interact with each other and 
boost each other's abilities and things like that. So mm-hmm. I could see the Mind Stone yeah. talking to the Space Stone in some way. Well, Anyways, we can yeah. also look back now and it's totally plausible that this Thanos is aware of all the other Thanos. Because <laughs> Thanos in, in Endgame becomes aware of his uh, what he's done in the future and the past. Hmm. And that plans accordingly. So anyway, it all fits those little those sons of guns. <laughs> it fits well enough for sure. Um, we get a title card. Then we cut to Black Widow working a mission in Eastern Europe, maybe Russia. I I like that we uh, had almost twelve minutes of action before the title card showed up. Yeah, a, mm-hmm. classic uh, Marvel yeah. move. Yeah. Give a little weight to it. Absolutely, it wasn't quite a prologue. It was like like uh, we basically cut right into our inciting incident. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, let's see. Uh, Black Widow gets a call from agent Coulson telling her Hawkeye has been compromised and she's to begin her new mission to go find Bruce Banner. So she takes out the guys real fast. Like this was a great introduction to the character, even though I know it was not really the character's introduction. Um, for any film goer who had not every that that was another thing is that every single person here gets an introduction because they did not assume that anyone saw any of the previous movies. Yeah, yeah. which is yeah. the smart thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and we don't see her use her skill set in any of the in the Iron Man two. No, you know, we see her spying on Tony, but that's pretty passive. Whereas this is very like she is an ass kicker. Yeah, I mean, she does a little bit of fighting in Iron Man too, but not not like yeah. here. Well, and not just the fighting, I guess, but the like reverse questioning mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, so, like I was I was interrogating this guy oh, while right. tied to a chair over the edge of a drop off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, and the look on her face when she's on the phone and like staring at that guy is just so adorable. <laughs> I guess yeah. um, perfect. She, yeah, she does a lot of great face work. Yeah. She she acts her ass off in this in this movie, impatient and frustrated with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we cut to Mumbai. Bruce Banner is helping the locals with medical stuff. Um, he's led to Black Widow by a young girl. Uh, I liked that. I should have gotten paid first. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. Black Widow tells him that Shield needs his help to find the Tesseract since it's giving off gamma radiation. He reluctantly agrees. The uh, the stop lying to me thing uh, when he shouts and pounds on the table and freaks her out. Uh, I just loved it so much. And again, like the look on her face. Um, She's welling up with tears. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. It's so well acted. Um, and But his line after that is like, I'm sorry, that was mean. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> God. Yeah, it's such great character work for both of well, them. People were really, and I don't want to dive too deep into this because we'll get into this in Age of Ultron, but people were really upset by their like coupling in mm-hmm. Age of Ultron. But you can see it in this movie it's- that they are clearly like flirting, but professionally flirting. They are work husband and wife almost more than Hawkeye and Black Widow are. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like, um, yeah. I know Age of Ultron has issues, especially with like the whole like, you know, um, like be, like the emotional 
work that Black Widow is expected to do just by being a woman, all of that stuff. That That's yeah. there. That's in Ultron without question. I feel like this is a better, more subtle version of that. Yeah. But it, it, it makes it feel established. Like there is a thread for them to attach to. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so, all right. Uh, then we cut to Captain America. He's training and remembering. <laughs> Nick Fury. I often remember when I do other things. Um, Nick Fury arrives, tells him there's a mission to find the Tesseract. He tells him that Howard Stark fished him out of the ocean after Steve fought Red Skull. Um, and he tells Steve that they were going to use the Tesseract to create clean, unlimited power for all of mankind. Hmm. Very optimistic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and also, <laughs> yeah. A, a few other things that are interesting is, you know, Nick Fury talking about how, um, you know, only discovering that aliens exist when Thor arrived, when after, uh, after, uh, um, Captain Marvel, that's uh, oh, yeah. clearly a lie on his part. Yeah. Well, right. he's he's the spy. He's the spy. He's, he's the spy. He's a lying his liar. Secrets have secrets. Yep, absolutely. Yep. And that's that's one of them. Mm-hmm. Lying Mick Faberson. Yep. Uh, then we cut to Iron Man finishing work on his underwater arc reactor in New York. He returns to the newly completed Stark Tower where Pepper Potts is waiting for him. Phil Coulson arrives and tells him about the Tesseract problem. I love the whole, his first name is Agent. <laughs> yeah. Coulson yeah. gets such a great setup in this movie. He does. With the he, he becomes human. Yeah, the cellist. Yeah. The cellist. Um, I, I never remembered um, those lines until after having seen Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. when they had the cellist episode. Mm. Yeah. Which Is him the having male or female, female, female. Okay. Um, but him having an emotional connection to someone is a huge weakness that somebody exploits in the Agents of Shield storyline. Yeah, it's kind of neat that they they picked this one thing out and made you know it was a three episode arc or something out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, <laughs> they didn't have a whole lot to go on with yeah. his backstory, so they found the bits they did. Um, so then we uh, cut to Cap and Coulson. They're flying to an aircraft carrier. Coulson briefs Cap on the Hulk, tells him he's a big fan. Um, he's got all the Captain America trading cards. Then we cut to a secret lab where Loki has Dr. Selvig and Hawkeye preparing for their attack. He's contacted by the other who tells him he and his army of Chitauri are ready. Come on, dude. Let's get going. Oh. <laughs> um, back to Cap and Coulson in the plane. The reason why Cap's costume is so bad is because middle-aged man who is just a spy for a living had him put on his costume. Oh. <laughs> That's why he looks like a trading card. That's <clears throat> why he looks like a cartoon character, which in I the think... universe makes sense, you know? Yeah. Well, that's true. He was He's on a trading card. But I think everybody's... Um... I don't know. Nobody's costume was really great, except maybe Thor. Um, sorry, Thor and Loki. But their costumes definitely got better and more oh, yeah. fitted. Yeah. None of these were quite fitted, right? <laughs> no, no, none of them were. Um, Black Widow looked fine. Because um, she was just yeah, basically in so black weather. Yeah, no, it yeah. was yeah, a bit. No, yeah. but it was baggy in places. It should, I'm, I'm talking just, yeah. 
Oh yeah, just, just general costuming. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah um, it, it's funny seeing these older versions of Iron Man's suits. Just like ooh, yeah. and this one comes in a suitcase. Like, yeah, right, comes flying at him. Yeah, it's so simple compared yeah. to what it is now. Yeah. Um. While, while we're on the costume thing, something this movie's missing is those tall platform boots, those big white boots that the agents of shield used to wear in the comic books. <laughs> they really miss yeah. an opportunity to bring those back. Go, go boots. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, let's see, uh, cap arrives <laughs> on the aircraft carrier. He meets black widow and Bruce banner. The aircraft carrier is revealed to really be a helicarrier. It takes to the sky. Oh, no, no, this is much worse. <laughs> it's a helicarrier. <laughs> um, I, I have a question. I don't think this is an unanswered question because movie magic. Uh, both Hulk and uh, Cap are looking over the edge into the intake of this yeah. engine as it is <laughs> the turbine turning and lifting the boat out of the water. Yeah, they yeah. would be dead. Yeah, uh, I mean, maybe Bruce. Everything on the Bruce deck. maybe would have survived, possibly if he turned, but Cap one hundred percent is dead. Yeah, they yeah, would have gotten sucked. Good. I mean, everything on the the deck of that carrier would have been sucked right over the edge. Yeah, um, yeah. That's those things need to, to die, be sucked right over the edge. Those things need to be a lot further out, don't they? <laughs> away from the deck. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. If you do them more in the 18th century <laughs> Spanish galleon stuff, no. I don't we'll know. have the air intake on the sides or something. I don't know. It's gets complicated, I guess. Yeah, it does. It doesn't look as cool. Actually, I will say that um, the military and science jargon that's going on and happening is is really good. Yeah, yeah. From a screen writing point of view and having the closed captions on, like it's not just... It all makes sense. The power plant is at full capacity. The collective, Mm -hmm. which is the, the angle that the helicopter blades are at, to right. this percentage, like they were saying Actual real things. jargon. That's nice. Well, and like identify at every corner. Like we, there are some agents who have turned identify and something at every corner mm-hmm. set out at this, that and Hill had a lot of good military jargon. She gave. Yeah. Um, it made the universe feel real. It really, that's did. what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. It really did. Left you right there. Um, I just real quickly um, pointing out. So we we do have three um, named major female cast members. None of them speak to any of the others at any point. Oh, really? Nope. Doesn't pass the Maria test, Hill, but... Black Widow, and Pepper Potts. Nobody talks to any of each other. Hmm. Um, Way to go, Joss. Yeah. Not surprised. Yeah. It's you know it is what it is. Um, <laughs> it's Chinatown. I mean, yeah. I mean, looking at movies <laughs> through through the years, we're lucky yeah. we had three, much less, yeah. you know. Yeah, we should. Yeah, we know. Yeah, it's amazing that they weren't all in bikinis and yeah. ideals. <laughs> <laughs> Be like, I can't fight Loki. I'm on my time of the month. <laughs> like, <laughs> put them on a sub. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh oh, we're in trouble now, boys. <laughs> like, ugh. <laughs> All right. Um, then, uh, yeah. So, uh, Banner gets to work right away, helping them find the Tesseract through its gamma radiation. 
back at Loki's compound, they're going to plan a heist to get some, what was it, iridium? Iranium? I can't remember. Iridium. I, iridium for Selvig's machine that he's building. Uh, Fury won 10 bucks off of Cap. That's right. Uh, yep. That was cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, kind of bet. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, so they get a match on Loki's face from the fancy party <laughs> in Germany that he's going to. I have to get back to Stuttgart in time to see Kraftwerk. Hey, fun boys. <laughs> das ist not eine booby. Um, <laughs> so uh, Cap suits up and heads out. Meanwhile, Loki and Barton are heisting the Iridium. Loki is the distraction while Barton does the stealing. Takes out a dude's <laughs> eye. <laughs> That's the most realistic um, use of that technology we have at the time. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you really beat a retina scanning device. <laughs> it's pluck out your eye. <laughs> no, some other dude's eye. Yeah. If your eye offends me, <laughs> pluck it out and stick <laughs> it in this machine. <laughs> Given Joss Whedon's love for Shakespeare, I am shocked there wasn't an if your eye offense like pun somewhere in there during this scene. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Um, then uh, Loki makes the crowd of Germans kneel. Does the whole like, hey, am I getting a little fury here thing? Um, Cap arrives and confronts him. He fights Loki. He seems outmatched, but then Iron Man arrives and together they capture him. Uh, on the plane, on the way back to S.H.I.E.L.D.'s compound, they're boarded by Thor, who takes Loki to the top of a mountain. <laughs> boarded by Thor. <laughs> um, let's see. He tries to talk some sense into Loki, trying to convince him to give up his plans to conquer Earth. Uh, do we think that Thor spent the past two days trying to convince Odin to send him? Because Loki says, like, how much dark magic did the All-Father have to conjure up to send you to Earth? Do you think that Thor was like, Dad, please, seriously, it's been two days. He Mm -hmm. stole the Tesseract. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. you know how important this is. And he's like, ah, whatever. It's Loki. He's fine. He's been dead. It's Midgard. (laughs) It's Midgard, Jake. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm with you, Brian. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting, though. Just thinking, like, it took him two days to convince somebody to let him borrow the car. Like, yeah, you know, you gotta get it notarized, and then right, he had to get Heimdall to come down and back him up. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He had to. Yeah, Odin had to sign for him because he's not old enough <laughs> yeah. to rent it. <laughs> Are you the All Father? Uh, who's asking? <laughs> I mean, All uh, Father. I don't know. That opens me up to a lot of child support. <laughs> Get Mari over here. He also, uh, Thor can't go back. Yeah, he needs the Tesseract. Without the Tesseract. He needs the Tesseract to get back. One way trip. Yeah, (laughs) one one way trip to Midgard. Um, (laughs) Let's see. So uh, Thor is attacked by Iron Man, who wants Loki back. Cap arrives. All three of them fight to a standstill. Thor finally agreeing to take Loki back to S.H.I.E.L.D. while Loki stands at the top of the mountain just watching. Well, I like to think he was cuffed or something. Well, I mean, he he wants to be captured by S.H.I.E.L.D. That was part of his plan, so he's not leaving because otherwise his plan won't happen. Uh, We saw two uh, ravens 
flyby while they were doing Shakespeare in the park up on the mountain. Ah. Um, I just assumed that Odin was, you know, checking in to see Keeping how it was going. Huh, that makes sense. Sent a couple of ravens in. Yeah. Nope. Doesn't uh, have email. <laughs> Back at the helicarrier, they put Loki in a cage that was built for the Hulk. It can be dumped out of the ship. Uh, they discuss Loki's plan. They figure out he's going to open up a portal and lead an army of Chari through it to conquer Earth. Uh, they also have the scepter, which they say is powered by the cube. They decide yeah. that yeah, it is not at this point an additional infinity stone. Well, they maybe just don't understand it. Yeah, or the humans yeah. don't know that it is. Yeah. Right. They decide that Tony and Bruce will study that while they search for the Tesseract. Also, Tony secretly plants a bug to hack into S.H.I.E.L.D.'s computer system. Toby. This is a great Toby. plot, like, thing, where it's Stark being nosy, mm-hmm. Bruce not giving a shit about anything besides science. Like, yeah, they, they did such a great job with him spying on the spies. Yeah, well, and it's great how each character has, like, each character is, is has their own arc and has their own uh, agenda that they're pursuing throughout the film. Yeah. Um, and they intersect yeah. and collide and interact with each other and affect each other's arcs. Um, it's, it's just a great movie. It's a great script. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Tony tells Steve he thinks Fury is hiding something. Bruce points out that if the Tesseract was to be used for clean energy, they would have called Tony in to work on it since Tony is the only name in clean energy, as he says, uh, with his whole arc reactor thing, which also is kind of uses the Tesseract as its starting point. Yeah. Um, And Cap, he, he is insulted and leaves, but is swayed by logic. Yeah. Which says so much about him as a character. You can insult him and call him an idiot and dress like an idiot. Right. But if you make a good argument, he'll follow that path, which is just really interesting because most people would be like, man, fuck you. I look great in this stupid costume. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. My boy Phil made this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like to think of Phil like at home sewing it himself. Like, <laughs> like he's Aunt May. Steve's going to yeah. look so nice. <laughs> No, no, he's in a frenzy as if he's on um, Project Runway or something. <laughs> Make it work. Got 15 like minutes. unfreezing cap tomorrow. <laughs> we don't have time to add more stars. <laughs> Just one on the we, chest. He's, he's Captain Puerto Rico. <laughs> <laughs> sure, he is. Uh, or Captain there, Liberia. There are. Or Texas. Yeah, or any other Flag with one star. star. Arizona. Yeah. Um, Yeah, we we are definitely a one-star state. Oh, in more ways than one. Yeah. Um, All right. So uh, Our star, however, is uh, meant to uh, portray the sun. Yeah. (laughs) It is astronomically correct. (laughs) As does uh, New Mexico's flag. Hmm. That's good since the sun is a star. (laughs) That works out. Al nods like, you're right. The sun is a star. (laughs) Yeah, Puerto Rico, that's Alpha Centauri. They're not <laughs> concerned with the sun. Yeah, the sun that is a star. Talking <laughs> about Kelly Clarkson. Yeah. Uh, uh, Tony and Bruce bond for a bit. Steve finds some secret weapons hidden away in the bowels of the ship. 
Find out that Jane Foster has been moved to a safe location. Phil and Thor discuss Eric Selvig. Yeah. Uh, he's a friend. Yeah. Uh, he's a <laughs> I kept think I just kept thinking about the Ragnarok. Um every time Thor and uh uh Bruce Banner interact, I kept thinking about he's a friend from work. His first yeah. Yes. <laughs> One of yeah, my favorite so lines excited. in the, all of the MCU. He's a friend. Thor just loves work. seeing his friends. He really yeah. does. Every time in the movies he gets to run into a friend, he is overjoyed. <clears throat> I swear they all die in battle. Or yeah. Something. Well, th- it's just his arc, his he has the biggest emotional arc. We're finding Absolutely. out Loki has had a great arc, but Thor, yeah. yeah, you know, even at the end, he's not out there battling, but it's him and Meek and uh, what's his name on the couch. He's yeah. yeah. Well, he's when, he describes, when he he's describes to Star Lord, his well, my <laughs> mother died, and then my. Right. Father died. <laughs> yeah. I killed my brother. Uh, what else? Yeah, my sister. Yeah, yeah my me. sister had to break up with uh, my my girlfriend. Dumped me. Yeah, poor Thor, man. He's yeah. a country song. It's crazy. He's a Guardian country tune. It is. It is crazy how far he came from the first Thor movie. That character, oh. man. Who the oh, first the time we over. see him, he is getting coronated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like so his story went. He needs like a Ron Howard voiceover, like <laughs> shit went sideways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah be like, I will be king of Asgard. He wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Well, then it gets all the way to the point where like, you know, time travel allowing him to speak to his mother one more time mm-hmm. and his best friend, his new best friend, the space raccoon, <laughs> yeah. basically telling him he can do it. Like, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Slapping him in the face kind of thing. Like, you got this, Thor. The the point we got to He's in no Endgame, longer mighty. Where, where Thor the point we got to in Endgame with Thor and Raccoon or Thor and Rocket is like from from our beginnings, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah he doesn't believe beautiful. in himself anymore, and he is so like buffeted by the idea that he's still worthy. Like, mm-hmm. holy shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, <sighs> he almost goes through all the steps of grief if you follow him. Yeah. Through the movies. Yeah. Huh. All right, so um, let's see. Uh, back in, let's see. Black Widow visits Loki. Uh, sh- we discover that she owes Hawkeye a debt, and tricks Loki into revealing that he plans on releasing the Hulk into the ship in order to escape and so mayhem. Um, hey, do you guys think that she like the metaphor she uses is a ledger? Have you ever picked up on that? <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you think the ledger I like to think she has a real ledger and she spilled some some big red I, <laughs> I hope there's a real one because she won't show that about it ever the ledger uh, the ledger it's the an ledger. interesting also kind of dated even when this movie came out metaphor yes it yeah it is it's helpful and it is fun like yeah know, we all get it but, yeah. but so I was bringing it up her getting the information out of Loki, this is one of the looser applications of her ability to get information out of people. Because mm-hmm. yeah, I don't see how her conversation with him was triangulating for this at all. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, that's because you are not a master of spycraft, Brian. That's true. That's true. I was not uh, there to lay the breadcrumbs myself. You are not yeah. the Black Widow. 
<laughs> Nor are you. It's none of your business. Um, we we do get the mention of Drakov's daughter, and Drakov is a character in the unreleased forever Black Widow movie. Oh. And so it's what the Red Skull says to her. Yeah. When he sees her hmm. later. Uh, all right. Yeah. In theory, Black Widow should be coming out later this week. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. It's been delayed how many times now? Oh my god! Yeah. Like a little spy. I yeah. I I. Sure. They said they haven't touched a frame of it in over a year. <laughs> like nothing. It's been I, done. I don't understand how they didn't just spend more time <laughs> doing stuff to this movie, turning the screws on it. But yeah. we'll see. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Um, all the early reviews basically say it's a great adventure, or it's like a great MCU low level spy like level kind of movie that probably should have come out in 2015. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I've been reading the same thing. Going, yeah. So, all right. So, um, back in the lab, they confront Nick Fury about his secret weapons that were being created uh, using Tesseract energy. Fury tells them it's because of alien threats. The Avengers all start arguing amongst each other, in part because of the scepter, which is making their brains angry. Um, which ha- mind stone? Mind stone. It, it makes I sense. I mean, yeah. it's a mind stone. It's doing things to their minds. Loki uses yeah. it to control people's minds. Yeah, no, it yeah. makes sense. Um, at this there point, there was an original Star Trek like this, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah, there is. Yeah, I think it's a plant, but anyway. Um, let's see. Hawkeye secretly boards the, well, secretly blows up and boards the helicarrier, <laughs> taking out, uh, the engine and a big chunk of the ship. He is like Batman. He used a single arrow to take down a multi-billion dollar <laughs> aircraft. He uses a single, he has a hacking arrow. Yeah. He has a melting arrow that melts like metal later on. Yeah. We see. He's got so I'm many like, different oh, kinds use of that one. Definitely use that one, bro. <laughs> yeah. Should I bring some of these that make like a lar- large flash of light? No. He's got one. he's got an arrow for every occasion. He's got like a margarita arrow. <laughs> well, yeah. it's we, one o'clock somewhere. This arrow. is the first time that we see his his uh, Margaritaville mixer uh, quiver. Oh, yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Where it can turn and changes the, the tip have, for each shaft. I have seen much Margaritaville quiver. It's <laughs> He's he's got his uh, engagement ring arrow that he oh, has, has yet to do. He's got a couple of those. Lady. Yeah, you never know. Oh, it is Margaret. Every occasion, every occasion. Be like Clint. What are you doing? Wasting away again. He's got a margarita arrow. <laughs> he shoots it up into the air into his mouth. Yeah, yeah. nibbling on sponge cake. <laughs> It plays N- Jimmy Buffett songs as it, as it travels the through hell, the air. Who the hell eats sponge cake on a beach, Jimmy Buffett? A, <laughs> a drunk asshole. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, not to get too deep into the Jimmy Buffett, I assume that he's eating a sponge <laughs> cake to absorb the alcohol. Just saying that is about as far into Jimmy Buffett as you can get. I once was employed by Margaritaville, so oh. that's all you're oh, getting really? from me. Okay. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about the it. Chain. Do they serve yeah. sponge cake? 
Uh, I think they did. And the cheesecake was really good. I was the sound guy at the Hawaii one. It was incredible. I drank a lot underage. I bet. Um, All right. So uh, they spring into action. Black Widow is kind of trapped with uh, Banner, who turns into the Hulk. Iron Man and Cap are fixing the ship's engine while fighting some of Loki's guys that came along with Clint. Thor confronts Loki, who gets the best of him, puts him in the cage, to, and then uh, kills Phil Coulson, who shows up. Those were not Loki guys. Those were low-key guys. <laughs> yeah, the sneaky guys. Uh, I love, because we've now had just one Thor movie, mm-hmm. and we get Loki saying to him, will you always fall for that? Will you never like not fall for not me fall for that. disappearing in front of you? Which is great. It's just, it shows mm. that they have a long history of him pulling shit like this on him. Yeah. You know, with lower stakes, I assume. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, uh, I, yeah, I do. Our Loki and Thor's relationship really was great from the get go. Yeah. Um, it's again crazy that the Loki series takes place three days later. Yeah. Three days from here. Yeah. Cause, uh, is a very different kind of Loki. Anyways, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not your dad's Loki. The the Thor and Hulk battle was really cool. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it is. Um, inside the, the lower decks of the hangar. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, let's see. So uh, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, Black Widow takes out Hawkeye. Um, has anybody seen the practical stuff that they did for these scenes inside the helicarrier as all this chaos is happening? Um, they pulled like a, I don't know if it's like a freight train, but a similar track and rail system when Hulk is chasing after uh, Black Widow, mm-hmm. they are actually destroying the interior, all that aluminum stuff. There was wow. actually something destroying something. That's awesome. It was re- oh. is really fun and really noisy to watch them do, you know, like a set video of it. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. It's crazy to see how much of that stuff they integrated into the CGI stuff and just seamlessly. I'd say seamlessly, yeah, because yeah, definitely, yeah, it looked real then. That's that's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. And, well, and you know, as you know, nine years later, the CGI doesn't age perfectly, but it holds up pretty well. It's like Jurassic Park. This movie will yeah. be great forever. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so let's see. Uh, yeah, she confronts Hawkeye. Hulk ends up jumping out of the ship after a jet fighter. Um, that is so hilarious. Yeah, when he grabs the dude, mm. when he hits the ejector yeah. seat, oh, and grab. the the pilot starts screaming. He's angry. He's angry. <laughs> He's angry. Target <laughs> is. Yeah. Um. Uh, so all right. Yeah, he falls to earth. Fury arrives just in time. Um to witness Phil dying. I love that Phil got that one last shot in. Yeah. With, uh, with, with the big ass gun. He's like, oh, that's yeah. what it that does. This is, yeah. So that's what it does. Yeah. Um, um, I haven't brought this up, but Fury's big week. I've talked to you guys about this before, maybe even on the show. Uh-huh. Uh, this is the, it's an eight comic run. I just, I read it this morning. I was like, Oh, we're doing the Avengers. I got to watch it. This is my last chance. Um, they get the big, uh, the destroyer and yeah. they show them turning it into a weapon and Colson's line in the comic is so great. He says like, cool, you got the destroyer to work. Now I need you to shrink it down to like one, one hundredth of its size and put a trigger on it, mm-hmm. which is like that is that two or three days 
before, or no, not two or three days. It turns out seven issues were a year before, and then the eighth issue was like one day before hmm. the first events of the Avengers movie. But funny that that was one of his like pet projects. He wanted that made. Wow. The Destroyer, yeah. Uh, made after that, that the being that was sent in Thor one, right? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah exactly. With the panels that, that could heat up, and yeah, yeah, cool. yeah, and that's and and you see, it's the same kind of like metal on the iris thing that opens up, and the little mm. venting on the sides. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um. So, all right, everyone's shook by uh, Phil Coulson's death, especially after Fury uses Phil's Captain America trading cards as a prop to make them all feel real bad. Spike. Well, yeah, they have to. <laughs> They have to have something to avenge. They do. Uh, meanwhile, Banner wakes up in the middle of nowhere. Uh, just him and a security guard. Uh, Not Hawk- any security guard. Yeah. Harry Dean Stanton. Mm-hmm. Yes. Sorry. Yes, it was. He's a, he's a legend himself. He yeah. is. And that was the craziest cameo. I loved it. Yeah. Son, you got a condition. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, all right. Hawkeye shakes off the mind Loki mind control thanks to getting hit in the head. <laughs> this was um, one of the cognitive recalibration. Yeah, I know yeah, they hung a man. lampshade on it, and it's like a movie trope, but it's still like you just got to get hit in the head. Yeah, yeah I, I, won- I wonder how much of this because in Agents of Shield, not to dive into the show, but you have Hydra agents using Shield technology to. Uh, what's it called? Rewrite people's brains, mm-hmm. um, hypnotize oh. them, uh, or whatever. I wonder if they had some sort, of, some sort of form of that, where they like put them in front of a TV screen, and it was like episodes of, you know, <laughs> Captain America's Playhouse or something. <laughs> uh, well, now it could be <laughs> retroactively. It could be done by the TVA, but we don't need to get into that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So uh, then. Let's see. Uh, after Hawkeye shakes off the mind control, Tony realizes that Loki will have to use Stark Tower to power up his portal machine. Um, that's going to keep the portal open once they use the <laughs> Tesseract to open it. So it's like a regular cell phone. He's like, I have to get to the highest point in the room. Yeah. So I can get some bars. I will say this storyline wise, it took all of these very smart people a long time to figure this out. Yeah, it did. Um, yeah, it did. And it also, mm. I mean, it all works, though, really well. Yeah. It's like, okay. It totally works. Um, on, on one of my, because I watched this three times preparing for the show. On one of my watchers, I went like, they didn't put this together. But like, it needs power. Weird. And that like, Tony had just, you think he'd be like, it's he just got a new toy and he'd be just fixated on like uh-huh, i want to go back to my tower and play with my new toy mm. but you're right he was kind of, he was distracted but he would have known but nobody else because he explained it to uh cap sorry well yeah but banner knew yeah well and it was in the news i guess yeah. he was the name in green energy yeah yeah um i mean yeah, it, 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 it's movies. <laughs> they got to yeah. figure it out when they need to figure it out. Um, <laughs> it's funny that... Okay, yeah. That's a good... That's well, good. I mean, yeah, it it is. But I mean, yeah, they should have figured it out. But then also... I didn't need any more explanation. It's just funny when that's the explanation in the context <laughs> yeah. of what we're doing. Well, uh, yeah, that area. is the explanation. So, I mean, yeah, we can nip 
<laughs> yes, yes, we can we'll nitpick a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, starting here, starting. <laughs> but all right, so we get a suiting up montage. We find out that Fury manufactured the bloody cards. Um, do you think he dipped them in Colson's actual blood? It's just ketchup. It's immediately what I thought. I yeah. wondered that. Yeah. It's like, before you send him off to Tahiti, let me just <laughs> rub these cards in his blood. <laughs> yeah. Um, we find out that, um, oh yeah, let's see. The Avengers decide to head out to New York. Iron Man arrives. The machine's already turned on, is protected by an impenetrable energy field. On my second watch through, I liked how often one of the characters would be like, we can't get through it. It's impenetrable. Because ultimately the question is, why don't you just destroy the machine? And it's like, no, no, it's impenetrable. (laughs) We're not not even going to try. It's impenetrable. Well, and like, why couldn't they pick up the machine and take it somewhere else? Shh. It's impenetrable. They could have like pointed it into the ocean or something. <laughs> impenetrable. I'm sorry to go so far back. Um, I just <laughs> remembered my biggest laugh out loud moment. Um, when Tony was trying to restart the engine, he tells Cap to go to the control panel. He says, what's it look like? It appears to run on some form of electricity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's, that was great. You're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> that just made me laugh so hard. Same. Every time, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and the physical humor of him, oh, shit moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, Iron Man looking back and being like, oh, no. Oh, no. This is when it happens. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, all right. Uh, Tony lands on the tower, confronts Loki long enough to get his newest suit of armor on. Then it's time for a patented Marvel Skybeam. Was this our actually? First... I'm planning on threatening you. Yeah. Was this our first Marvel Skybeam? I mean, does the uh, Rainbow Bridge count? Because the Rainbow Bridge was a weapon that they pointed at another planet. That's kind of Skybeamish. Yeah. Space beam. Yeah. Um, do we have Skybeams and other things yet? I feel like there was some a Skybeam in X Men somewhere. Did the arc reactor beam up into the sky? Like. Not Scotty, but like as a beam point up into the sky. I don't remember it doing that. Somewhere in Iron Man 2. Yeah, I don't know. We get a lot. This might be uh, the introduction of the sky beam as the thing that they have to stop happening at the end of the movie. Trope to watch for at this point moving forward. (laughs) It's the trope to watch for. Uh, So, all right. Um, Yeah, the portal opens. The Chitauri army start pouring through, destroying New York. The Avengers... They're like screaming as they enter. They're like, ah! Yeah. They are the army. army. Yeah. Yeah, they are weird. I have a question. It may not even have been answered because it doesn't need to be, but are those ships somewhat organic? The whale things? Yeah. 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 They are somewhat organic? Their mouths mouths were exactly what little Chitauri... Yeah. Oh, yeah, were those are they yeah, the same, same race or is that like Wait, wait, so those are armored beasts? Yeah. Okay. We thought it was a chip full of Chitari? And I thought so. But yeah, so I, the mouth is just an enlarged version of the dudes with the <laughs> So I, I have a question about this because I thought the same thing. Um if humans were to invade another planet, would that be like us bringing whales? Or are those <laughs> just giant gigantic flying people? 
they're like war elephants. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Like Hannibal. So they're Hannibal. So it'd be like they're like mammals. To yeah. The Chitaris, whatever they are. Yeah. Like whales to us, I guess. Yeah, I similar. So. But same, but, same, but different. But if it had some sort of central nervous system, it would make sense that why in Ultron, Tony touches it and has the vision that he has, you know? Mm. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. I don't think anyone was thinking that far ahead, but you know what I mean? He touches that. That's when he has the vision of what it, what's going to come of the Avengers under well, Thanos. In Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., we get a storyline about a virus that the Chitari carry that is native to the Chitari that they have an immunity to, but we don't. So that's really interesting. Hmm. Um, somebody has like a Chitari helmet or one of those guns that they wear on their arms, and it makes them yeah. lose their mind. Um, yeah. So they're biomechanic, I guess, both them and them. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Huh. All right. Very cool. Um, so the Chitari army. Chitari <laughs> army. Um, so, all right, then we get the start of our big Battle of New York fight scene. Um, uh, it's it's a lot of fighting Chitari. Um, Thor arrives and confronts Loki. Loki gets the upper hand and stabs Thor and then flees with some of the Chitari on, on, a, on a flying jet ski. Um, <laughs> yeah. He, he hops right on the back. Yeah. Like it is a jet ski or a motorcycle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's like his old man's driving the motorcycle. <laughs> he puts his arms around the chitari. He has to wear a pink <laughs> helmet. If you can read this, Loki oh fell my off. God. Oh my God, Brian. That's awesome. That's, that's the joke I was pushing to get at. Yeah. Uh, if you can read this t shirt, uh, um, Loki fell off. <laughs> Uh, um, so, all right. Uh, then Bruce Banner arrives. He gives his famous line about always being angry. He and Tony take out a major, uh, Chitari whale guy thing. Um, Loki sends in even more Chitari, and then we get the iconic Avengers panning shot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And yeah, the music swells. We get the full Avengers theme. It does that shot. We, it's amazing. We get a distinct sound from each one of these characters yes. as they are in screen. You hear Hawkeye's little spinny Margaritaville thing. You hear Black Widow putting a magazine into her gun. Cap is putting on a shield. Everybody's making a distinct <laughs> sound. It is the coolest shit ever. This the shot. magazine she's putting in is... <laughs> <laughs> Cosmo? Yeah, exactly. she is, hey, she is a lady hero, you know. <laughs> yeah, better owns a garden. But yeah, no, I uh, this is a detail that I had missed in my like excitement in my theater watches and maybe just kind of passively watching this this moment um mm -hmm. in the past. But yeah, seeing it, I was like, oh, that's cool. This moment is Very. so amazing. And even even just in the context of the film, without the build, without the other films building up to it, even right. just in the context of the film, this is the culmination of the previous two hours. Um, yeah, that it, like distilled down to one perfect moment, <laughs> like just yeah. one piece of pure cinema. And a very gratifying line. Um, Cap calls out the tactics, turns to Hulk. He's like, "Hulk, smash!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, and so yeah, satisfying yeah and it's the moment that like Tony defers to to uh, Cap, uh, Cap to is your be call. the leader. Yeah. yeah, like uh so good. Well, this 
watching this, uh, what is it that Loki says to Thor? He says, there's only the war. Yes. <laughs> like, Loki yeah. is a field general in a war. Mm-hmm. He has yeah. battle plans, and his plan is win, yeah. open a portal and send in the whale boats and the <laughs> Chitari guys. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. it. That's his plan. He doesn't have like a, we're going to take, you know, we're going to set up a, a base in Central Park and then we're no. going to, you know, we're going to tear down, we're going to get to the ocean, we're going to do these things. He's just like, tell you what, to the other, send me a portal full of whales and First guys. we'll take Manhattan. Then we'll take Berlin. <laughs> then yeah. we'll take Berlin. Uh, like but there's he, no thinking behind well, it. Well, Thor calls him on that, you know, and it's like, you think this ends with you on, on, the, throne? on the throne or ruling? Right. Or yeah. You idiot. You think that's where this is going? It's kind of like when the Grateful Dead said <laughs> to the Rolling Stones, they should get the Hells Angels for oh, the Altamont concert. <laughs> <laughs> well, contrast that with Cap, yeah. who is just like, okay, we have to think our way out of this problem mm-hmm. as a battlefield solution. He is a battlefield general, and he yeah. has five people that he is in charge of and he mm-hmm. uses them to their strengths instead of Loki who's just letting whales wander and, <laughs> and crash into buildings and shit. Well, yeah. Like they could have absolutely defeated the Avengers had they had any direction whatsoever. Yes, they really could have and also um, yeah, Loki, Loki this whole thing was Loki was bad <laughs> at all of this. He yeah. did not do a They're good job. Bad. Yeah. Well, and he is he is an agent of Thanos in this moment, and Thanos historically in the comics is defeated by his own hubris mm. every single time, mm-hmm. and so is yeah. Loki. Yeah, you know that's like in, in the sh- in the show. Not to spoil anything for people who haven't seen the show, but like, are Loki's destined to fail? Is the question that they ask themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just it, it's interesting to see this and to see Loki like, well, yeah, if you thought it through, maybe you wouldn't, but you just uh, kind of shoot from the hip. Phil said it to him earlier just before he died. He said, you're going to lose. It's in your nature. Yeah, yeah. you lack conviction. What a badass thing to say is you die yeah. to the guy who killed you. Yeah, it is. Well, yeah. and that's I love that about, about Caps shouting out directions to everybody. And he's he's been thinking this through the whole time, clearly. I mean, at this point, Loki is a guy that's in way over his head. Way yeah. Yeah. over his head. Um, all right, so uh, let's see. Um, at this point, um, the, uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. Shadow Council orders Nick Fury to destroy New York with a nuke. He refuses, so they order the pilots of the ship to launch, overriding his authority. Um, they launch the nuke. Fury warns <laughs> the Avengers. That seems like they're, <laughs> like, <laughs> we just got to nuke you, New York, guys. Well, and I know they're this, you know, they're the shadow clandestine organization, but it literally just goes out over the headphones to these pilots. Like, Fury's not in charge anymore. It's <laughs> like, us. Yeah. Oh, so okay. Just go. <laughs> <laughs> Got any codes for yeah. us? No, man. Right. Yeah. Nothing comes through that they can view with like official anything. It's just a guy talking on their headset. <laughs> It's not only is there not two keys to turn, there's none. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Margar- found- Margaritaville, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's Margaritaville, Jake. <laughs> that is exactly how Margaritaville is run. Um, <laughs> I, I found sorry. this bit of trivia 
that uh, when the missile is released, uh, the pilot calls uh, detonation in two minutes and 30 seconds. Okay. And the movie, uh, there's exactly two minutes and 30 seconds of film time uh, ah. before it oh. actually detonates. Nice. That's cool. Out in space. Well, see. Very yeah. nice. Like um, a George sweet. Michael Arrested Development thing going on. Yeah. Uh, all right. So Iron Man. Um, let's see. Hulk beats up Loki. Um, Iron Man grabs a nuke. Black Widow and a newly freed Selvig who got it bonked on the head. Used- yeah, did she hit him in the head? Uh, I, don't, I didn't see that. Did she like pistol whip him or something to get him out of it? I don't know. No, I think it, there was the machine. She, she used the Mind Stone against him. I bet no. she had the scepter. No, oh, no, man. not yet. The scepter was he, on the ground. He yeah. comes out and tells her that the the scepter is the key. Um, I think he got hit in the head when like Iron Man tried to shoot it. Oh yeah, yeah. He gets tossed. He got a little flogging on his noggin. Yeah. <laughs> um, the iron iron damage to the frontal lobe. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see in later movies if he's back to normal. <laughs> yeah. Head trauma is nothing to shake off, by the way, guys. Yeah. Well, for Selvig, <laughs> we see him in later movies. He has serious mental issues. <laughs> His mental faculties are limited. Uh, so, all right. Um, let's did see. We, uh, did we discuss the, uh, the pounding of Loki by Hulk? Oh, yeah. I, I mentioned it briefly in passing. Okay. Yeah, that's an awesome Unique, scene, uh, of course. Very, yeah, which gives Loki serious PTSD for a year. <laughs> yes, it yeah, does. you don't realize it. Yeah. Um. So, all right. Uh. Then, Iron Man flies the nuke up through the portal, um, destroying the Chitari mothership, causing all of the Chitari on Earth to just collapse, useless. Iron I'm Man. Sorry, it's called the butthole, right? <laughs> yeah. Um. Way just, uh, up in there. So they they have figured out how to close the portal. They have already mm-hmm. figured it out. And Tony, with his like technological, he's he's listening and on you know shields whatever. Mm-hmm. He says to them, "No, don't." And they right. all listen to him, which is kind of an incredible thing because he has already given up the leadership role to Cap, but he right. is calling the ball on the fly, just mm-hmm. like hey, we're improvising. Keep the door open. There's a nuke. Yeah, right. Kind of neat as a as like it a. Is last because you think like cool movie's over we're going to close the door it's just another layer of shit that's happening that adds more character development to their characters well at the same time steve you know he may have had no other choice but it was pretty quick yeah all right close it do you think tony might be coming through no 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 we gotta do this well i mean yeah yeah yeah. he's all son of a gun well yeah behind (laughs) Well, yeah, this no, but I mean, yeah, this is kind of the culmination of like the whole, like, like, um, you wouldn't lay down on a wire and he does. Yeah. You're not he the did. guy to make the sacrifice play. Yeah. It's the culmination of that. of that. Yeah. Um, if he's the one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Well, and hit the ultimate end of his arc is him making the ultimate sacrifice play right. in end yeah. game. So. And- well, and having to make that decision in the moment also, not going into it thinking, I'm going to fucking die, going into right. it thinking, I'm going to win. I'm, t- I'm Tony Stark. But then yeah, having to decide, I, like, I, whatever it takes mm-hmm. is kind of an interesting thing to see him confront. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, this is the first time in any of the Iron Man movies or this one where he legitimately was like, I'm probably going to die. I'm going to have to do it anyways, though. Um, he <laughs> calls a pepper. <laughs> he doesn't get through to her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Which, like, can you? Oh. If he had died, can you imagine her looking at her phone afterwards? He puts himself on the wire several times yeah. until the end. Not just, but yeah. Stark yeah. does it over and over again. He does. Beautiful. He does. Um. So he falls back to Earth. He gets caught by the Hulk. The Avengers surround him, thinking he's dead. He wakes up, wanting shawarma. Um. The Hulk. Hulk shouts him back to life. Yes. Yeah. Uh, which yeah. was an improvisation by um, Ruffalo. Oh, wow. Really? That's awesome. Yeah. That's Abby awesome. Was, he was there in his motion capture suit and shouted at him. I love the behind-the-scenes footage of Mark Ruffalo in all black with little dots all over him all the time, just hanging yeah. out with everyone else in full makeup. Did he have well, the, I, the Hulk shoulders and head at that point, or was that, that a later development for Ragnarok? I don't know. Because I know that they were using that later on in the movie so that everybody could look up yeah. at him. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so, all right. Uh, let's. I, and there was a certain point where he had big Hulk arms. I remember seeing something yeah. from like him standing on a big thing with Hulk arms, like waving them at people. Um, all right. So uh, they capture Loki. The world celebrates the Avengers, though. They're not without controversy. Um we get our Stan Lee cameo. And uh, Loki and Thor head back to Asgard with the Tesseract. The other Avengers go their separate ways, but Fury knows if he calls, they can reassemble. And we roll credits. The, uh, the World Security Council, they're <clears throat> concerned about how dangerous the Avengers are. Um, yeah. and uh, But Fury's like, yeah, the whole world knows it. Every world knows it. Yeah. Like, yeah, which sorry, we, yeah. They are the nuclear deterrent. We see that in what movie was it where they where they talk about the Avengers or Thanos? Oh, it was in it was in Infinity War. Or was it in game? In game where he's like Avengers, where he knows about them. Mm-hmm. Like Yes. Yeah. And clearly sees them as a threat, you know, not a not a big threat, but a threat. Yeah. Yeah, a threat and a nuisance at the same time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, probably more of a nuisance, I would think. Yeah, but yeah. Um, so, all right, we get our mid-credit sequence. Uh, we, uh, the other is apologizing to the unseen throned figure, who turns and reveals himself to be Thanos, smiling at the other, saying, "It is to court death." I was so excited for him to court the character death. Yeah. We got From no payoff on that yeah. No, none whatsoever. It was Literally just an Easter egg. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but our first glimpse of Thanos. Yeah. <laughs> with mm-hmm. Looking much, much more grimacy. Than yeah, more he, purple, like, than bluer eyes. Purple. Yeah. <laughs> and, and legs that went all the way up. <laughs> <laughs> All the way to his hips. Um, clearly a Thanos variant. Yeah. Not the. Yeah, Thanos clearly. We've all come to know and love. Um, and then we get after credits the Avengers eating shawarma. Which is just quiet. That, that place has to open up like for them because they were obviously slip sweeping up debris. Yeah, um, I mean, they must have. Okay. Do you, do you guys know about the timeline of this scene? With no. the shooting of it? 
the shooting of it. It was like two days before the release, mm-hmm. and uh, Chris Evans has a beard. That's why he's holding his face like this to hide the beard. It was from uh, Snowpiercer, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he, they actually made him a prosthetic jaw to cover the beard. Yeah, um, ah. but it, according to a note that I read, it made him look like he had been attacked by a swarm of angry bees. <laughs> the jaw was just so swollen. And that's why that's called swarma. It's a totally <laughs> different thing, kids. Don't order. What is it with Joss Whedon doing reshoots and having to cover up facial hair? Right, right. Superman in that god awful mustache. Yeah. They should have just had Superman with a mustache. Why not? <laughs> just go for it at that point. Yeah. Cap could have grown a beard overnight. We don't know how the super serum works. Uh. So. Um. Yeah. That's it. That's Avengers. Um. Yeah, man. Pretty good movie. Yeah. Incredible. Kick the barn door open. And now I yeah, I just love it. Yeah. I have an I have an unanswered question. Okay. Uh, did Gwyneth Paltrow request to never wear shoes in this movie? Oh, is she barefoot the whole or time? Any? I did they, not notice. The the one time I looked back when she was uh, not picking up Tony's call when she was on the jet. Um they just didn't show her feet. Mm. But in the other two scenes that she's in at the very end, in her first scene, she's shoeless. Huh. And yeah. appara- apparently Robert Downey Jr. is wearing like three or four inch platform shoes. Oh, in every movie. Oh, to make him look taller. Yeah, of oh, course. I, <clears throat> yeah. I will say they they used fella. her in like jean shorts walking away. I when yeah. that scene happened, every time I watch that I'm just like, Oh man, I forgot. How hot Gwyneth Paltrow is! <laughs> Just I love to watch her walk away. As terrible as that is to say, it's mm. like, oh, okay. I forgot that she is a sex symbol in this movie because I just think yeah. of her as Tony's partner, you know? Yeah. But yeah, this scene is the most sexualized I think she gets in the entire Marvel universe. Yeah. And it's just her walking away from Phil Coulson. Yeah. That's all casual like. And then whispering something very dirty into Tony Stark's ear. That was one of my unanswered questions. What exactly was she promising to do to or with Tony? Yeah. Um, I don't know. (laughs) What is their secret kink? Anybody? Are they furries? Is it pegging? (laughs) What's happening back? He's a billionaire, man. He's probably a real freak. Oh, yeah. Um. The only the only other unanswered question I had that we hadn't really touched on, um, I well I had some questions about Loki's plan, but in retrospect, I feel like Loki's plan because okay, so he gets the Tesseract, gets captured by Shield, lets Hawkeye mm-hmm. get recaptured by Shield while escaping himself, and then uses the Tesseract to open a doorway to Chitauri invasion and rule Earth. That's his basic plan. The whole middle getting captured by shield part seems largely unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he needed to sow a little chaos first. He wasn't counting on that whole thing, bringing the heroes closer together. I get that. I mean, I yeah. guess I guess he was hedging his That's bets that like he needed to get them broken up. Off the board, yeah. I guess. Yeah, he just he just didn't accomplish his goal there. He I cannot think help well. but to meddle. Yeah, a little bit beforehand. I, I have a question. Where is the U.S. military? 
Yeah, that is a good question. <laughs> you think that they'd be scrambling jets over New York also or something? We see a lot of that in like the Superman, Batman, DC universe. Yeah. Um, we see one, what is that, an F-35 um, that the Hulk destroys or whatever. But we really don't see any other branches of the military in this movie being like, oh, there's a extraterrestrial threat above New York City. Yeah, we can move some carriers into that area. They would absolutely, yeah, be scrambling. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It might be a tough call to get in those fighter planes. I mean, they're like, uh, sir, they're coming out from a portal in the sky, sir. (laughs) I think those are lasers, but I don't know. I'm just a guy who shoots bullets. (laughs) Don't ask me. The Chitari are susceptible to bullets. They are? Sure. Yeah. Um, all right, and <laughs> lastly, I want to point out that um, we never did really find out how Loki got <laughs> to where he got to. He fell through a hole and came out the other side with Thanos. I I am under the impression that Thanos uh, collected him at some point. Mm. That would make like, sense. Yeah. yeah. Like he is curious about the dark corners of the universe because he is looking for the infinity stones. So in his search, his passive search for the infinity stones, Loki showed up who is, yeah. you know, one Kevin Bacon away from two infinity stones. Well, and Thanos tells him in infinity, just like if you consider failure experience, he says, I consider experience experience, but you know, like yeah. we've done this before. So when he calls him as guardian, it's it's a little more personal rather than generalizing. Mm-hmm. So he's like, yeah, we did this, Loki. Yeah, um, you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, no, no. Like trying to go yeah. back and trying to go back and win the heart of the dude you just ripped off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he yeah he just failed. He he straight up fails. But um, yeah, he didn't betray Thanos, which is really interesting. No, no. You know that's Loki's thing is betray everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Just wave your stick. Everything you can shake your stick at. <laughs> betray that. Yeah. Betray all you guys. Betray. Uh, so, all right, you guys. Uh, any last thoughts before we move on? No. All right. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> you were going to tell me something about thirteen going on thirty. <laughs> No, go ahead. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to the ranking. Um, All right, let's see. What's in the top 10? So this is our top 10 right here. Um, starts with Dark Knight, ends with Kick-Ass. We got a couple, a few MCUs in there. Um, I don't know how you guys feel. For my money, the only question is, does it go above Dark Knight or not? I say we open a portal to number one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm down with that sentiment because it opened the portal to the MCU. You know, I've said this several times, but like the door was kicked open, and it's just been an awesome roller coaster ride since then. Yeah, yeah. The cat Dark Knight was a, Dark Knight is a fantastic superhero movie, standalone at any point. Yeah, but Avengers. Yeah, um, get together. Oh no, wait. <laughs> I mean, I personally feel. It, it's perhaps not as um, it's it's not as as um, cinematically crafted as The Dark Knight, but as just an overall movie, I 
I, I personally prefer it. Even like yeah. not even not even the MCU. Just I personally think the Avengers is a more satisfying theater going experience for me personally than the Dark Knight. Oh. I, I would agree with that. Yeah. To agree, yeah. Jaws Whedon, yeah. Yeah. I've rewatched this there's... way more times than I have ever rewatched The Dark Knight. Yeah. Well, I watch it a lot, but I'm still in agreement. All right, so we Negro, will. You know. So we will put it at number one. Our Woo-hoo. top of the list: The Avengers. Right. Tell for one. Evan. Uh, I appreciate how much humor they put into this and Dark Knight is not a lot of humor. No, there's no. not. Yeah. It's yeah, a character piece. <laughs> my last thought. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, alright, that is it for Avengers. It's uh, number one, which brings us to next week on Harmless Foster Essence, we will be watching The Amazing Spider-Man. Oh, reboot. Put on some new boots. <laughs> yep. Um, Andrew Garfield. You know what? Little known fact about Andrew Garfield. <laughs> what? He, he hates Mondays and loves lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> already? Ooh, shooting it already. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh, that's it for us on Harmless Phosphorescence. Thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us. This is your host, Throw Smiley, and I'm off to go get me some shawarma. <laughs> I'm Josh CC, and I got mad spectrometers. I'm Brian Lesh, and Throw, please take me with you to get shawarma. <laughs> I'm Alaric Weber, and my brain is a bag full of cats. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.